Good morning, church. Good morning. <laughs> well, this may not be the Easter that we anticipated, but I think it will be a better Easter than we could have anticipated. I, I hope that as you join around that you'll open up your hearts and the minds and your deepest depths of your soul so that you might experience Christ's presence in the midst of our worship this day. 
Let us join our voices together as we continue to sing, Christ is Risen.
Welcome again to worship. I invite you to uh, sign in this morning, uh, either by uh, chatting on Facebook and letting us know that you're here, or um, click on one of the emojos, or emojis, um, unless you're uh, me, to uh, let us know that um, you are enjoying worship this morning. Um, uh, I hope that you appreciate the New Traditions Band um, I've been here listening to them jam this morning, so I am ready for Easter worship service. Uh, it has been wonderful. And then um, I appreciate Mary Terrell and all the work that she has done to, um, to decorate the church um, and um, just continue to help us get in um, a mood of worship this morning. And so I thank her for that. I thank the band. And um, I thank you all for tuning in this morning. I invite you now um, to, to just sit back a little bit, and this is our family time. And as we um, gather this morning, I just want to challenge us. There's a lot of talk now that we've been doing this for three or four weeks about folks talking about when things get back to normal. I'm not sure what normal's going to look like whenever this is all over, but I wonder if during this time, uh, rather than worrying about when we get back to normal, if we might use this time to slow down and to create some new, more healthy habits for our life. And just let me suggest one of those that you might begin uh, this evening with your family. When you gather around the table... Um, for a dinner, which I'm assuming that you're doing a lot more often these days than you used to. Uh, not too much running to soccer and to softball and to different things like that. But as we gather around the table for food, I wonder if we might begin those discussions with where have you seen God at work on this day? Well, you see, a part of gathering on Easter, a part of gathering on Sunday is to declare that Jesus is alive and that Jesus is here and present with us. And maybe we ought to create this habit where we begin each day to simply ask ourselves, where have I seen God this day? I wonder if just doing that habit will shape and form us in different ways. And so I invite you this evening as you gather as a family uh, to, to do just that. And then I hope that you will email or text or um, even put on Facebook places where you have seen God this day and throughout this week. Let us continue in our worship this morning as we sing uh, the wonderful cross.
Father, we are so thankful for this day. This day above all days, maybe. Because it's Sunday. And after this last week of, of Holy Week, we always try so hard to remember all that happened that final week of Jesus' life. We, we have services like Monday, Thursday, where we have foot washing services and we remember a new commandment that we are given. We even share a meal that Jesus gave us to share with him. And, and then on Good Friday, we gather and we try to recall the, the, the gloom, the darkness, the sorrow, the grief that happened on that day. And then on our services, as we, we even try to leave in a somber mood. We even try to leave in the darkness. But somehow it's hard for us to fully capture that because we still know. We know what's coming on Sunday. Although some of us, sometimes we seem, seem to be caught up on Saturday. That Saturday where there was no hope, that Saturday when all was lost, that Saturday when the leader was gone, the Messiah, the one that they had waited for, the one that could solve all things, the one that was the answer to everything was gone. He died and they were lost. They were hopeless. Sometimes we find ourselves caught up in Saturday. But Lord, this is Sunday. It has come. He is risen. For those that are even lonelier now than they were a few weeks ago, for those that are struggling more in this time, being disconnected and, and feeling so alone, I pray that they realize it's Sunday and there is hope. I pray that they see that they are not alone. For those that are lost in whatever the battle is that they're facing this morning, the struggle, the fight that seems to go on and on and on. Those that are looking up at a, at a mountain before them and it just seems impossible. It just seems completely and utterly hopeless. I pray they see that this is Sunday. That he is risen. He has overcome. For all of us, Lord that desire nothing more than to just be with you, to just have any kind of relationship at all. However strong it is now, Lord, I think we all desire for it to be stronger. So let us know today's Sunday. It has happened. He is risen, and life with you forevermore is open to us. God, we thank you. We praise you this morning. And we pray to you as Jesus taught us how to pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen.
Amen. Thank you all. Our Easter scripture this morning is going to be taken from John um, chapter 20. I, I love the way that uh, John tells this uh, Easter story. And here's how John begins. He says, early in the morning of the first day of the week, while it was still dark, Mary Magdalene came to the tomb and saw that the stone was rolled away. Uh, you know, the thing that jumps out at me as I was reading this passage uh, this week is John begins by reminding us that it was still dark. You know, I think sometimes on Easter, we forget that that first Easter did not begin with with the disciples running to the grave, uh, proclaiming that Jesus was risen. And John reminds us that it was dark, and I suspect that John did not just mean that it was dark and the sun had not come up, but it was still dark in the souls of the disciples. We forget that that first Easter began in sorrow and disbelief and fear and bewilderment. Despite all that the disciples had seen, the miracles that Jesus had done, the people that he had healed, the seas that he had calmed, even the, the raising of Lazarus, despite the fact that at least three times he had told them that he would die and rise again, it doesn't seem as if the disciples anticipated or expected to ever see Jesus again after they had watched him die on a cross and be laid in a tomb. In fact, we're told that Mary Magdalene goes to the tomb, probably expecting to uh, prepare Jesus' body. And when she arrives and she sees the stone rolled away, she does not proclaim, Jesus is alive, he has risen. Instead, she runs to uh, Peter and, and John. And she, she says, somebody has taken Jesus' body. See, rather than proclaiming that Jesus is alive, Mary and the disciples begin to wonder, where is the corpse of Jesus? Where is Jesus' dead body? And as she runs to tell Peter and John, uh, they race to get back to the tomb. I guess not believing what she had said, I don't know. And, and the story tells us that when they get to the tomb, they go in and they look and they see it's just as she said, that the tomb is empty. And in John, he tells us that uh, one of the disciples believed, but, but right after that, he, he tells us that they did not understand that Jesus was risen, so I'm not exactly sure what the disciple believed other than that the tomb was empty. In fact, it, it tells us that Peter and John, they returned home. So I kind of doubt that they understood that Jesus was risen. There was no joy. There was no running with joy and excitement to share the news with other people. They returned home in bewilderment. Where? 
Where could the body of Jesus be adding to the pain and hurt that they already felt because the one who they thought was Messiah and King was dead was the fact that his body was now gone. Mary Magdalene, she, uh, she hung around. She hung around to um, wait and see, I guess. She, she, she was there searching for Jesus' body still, weeping and crying because she had no idea where it was. And John tells us in verse uh, 12 that as she was waiting and weeping that she saw two angels dressed in white seated where the body of Jesus had been, one at the head and one at the foot. And the angels asked her, Woman, why are you crying? And she replied, They have taken away my Lord, and I don't know where they have put him. As soon as she said this, she turned around and she saw what she thought was a gardener behind her, but it was actually Jesus. And Jesus said to her, Woman, why are you crying? Who are you looking for? And again, thinking that he was just a gardener, she replied, Sir, if you have carried him away, tell me where you have put him, and I will get him. And then Jesus says, Mary. He calls Mary by name, and in hearing her name, she realizes that the one with whom she is talking is actually Jesus. The one that she had been seeking, the one whom she thought was dead. And she exclaims, teacher. And she grabs a hold of his feet and embraces him. And Jesus says to her to let go of his feet he says, don't hold on to me, for I haven't yet gone to my father. Go to my brothers and sisters and tell them I'm going up to the father, to my father and your father, to my God and your God. And then it tells us Mary Magdalene left and announced to the disciples, I have seen the Lord. You see, isn't that what Easter is about? Mary began uh, on this Easter morning coming in the midst of darkness expecting to find a dead body, expecting to come and mourn the loss of the Messiah and of the teacher whom she had followed. And instead, she discovered a new hope and a new joy. She discovered that the one whom she thought was dead had indeed been raised from the dead and was alive. Jesus firmly and gently tells Mary not to hold on to him. I wonder if Mary, in seeing Jesus, was so excited that, uh, that she wanted to grab a hold of him and she was just expecting. Everything would go back to the way that it was. They would continue to follow Jesus around and, and proclaim now not just that the kingdom had come, uh, but, but everyone would be able to see that Jesus was alive and walking on the earth. And, and I think Jesus is trying to prepare her as he will do over the next 40 days with all of the disciples, trying to prepare them for the fact that they will now encounter Jesus in a new and different way. 
They will no longer encounter him through physical sight and touch. Jesus is attempting to prepare them for this new paradigm of faith and this new responsibility. They would need to learn to experience Christ's daily presence through the Holy Spirit. They would, they would then be given the responsibility to share the good news that the kingdom had come through Jesus and that Jesus was alive and well. Not only was the tomb empty, but Jesus was no longer dead. He was and is alive. And so Mary is the first disciple to go out and share the good news that Christ is alive. Jesus was, no long, was, was present in a different and new way. Jesus was not a, a, a dead corpse or a heap of bones. Jesus is not some fond memory that we recall of somebody who lived long ago. Jesus was on the loose in the world, and he is still on the loose in the world today. Jesus meets us in our everyday lives. He calls us to a new hope and a bold faith. And Jesus gathers a people uh, who follow him into communities like Cameron United Methodist Church, into communities that are the presence of God in the world. And so this morning, in answer to Mary's question, where is the body? Where is Jesus? Not only do we proclaim that the tomb is empty, not only do we proclaim that Jesus has risen and that Jesus is alive, but we proclaim that Jesus is alive in and through us. We are the body of Christ, the ones with the good news, his hands and his feet. We are the ones through whom the world will see the risen Christ. And so may we on this Easter morning, may we allow the presence of Christ to live in and through us. May we proclaim loudly and boldly that we know that Jesus is alive. Because he is deep within our heart, walking and talking and going with us wherever we are. Amen. Let us pray. Gracious God, we thank you for your presence in our midst this day. We thank you that we are able to proclaim that Jesus is alive, not just because somebody told us, but because we experience it in the depths of our being. Help us, Lord, as we continue to be found by you and encounter you, that we might experience your presence in new ways and that we might share that good news with others. Amen. Let us join our voices together as we proclaim, He lives.
Amen. You see, it doesn't matter how dark it gets. Jesus is the light of the world, and he is alive this day and every day. And so let us go forth this day, no matter how bad things might seem or appear, uh, to hold on to the hope that Christ is the light, that Christ is present, and that Christ embraces us and walks with us through all things. Let us indeed once again proclaim that he lives in our hearts this day and every day. Go in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit to tell as many people as possible that Christ is alive, even in the midst uh, of this current crisis. Go and proclaim Christ is risen. is risen. He is risen. He is alive indeed. Amen. Amen.